Hey guys, it's Stu. Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to let you know that I want to see you at Spring Training 2018, June 2nd through 3rd, Westfield, New Jersey at CrossFit 908. This is my two-day no BS seminar where I'm going to teach you how to implement the PT First model, how to create that additional revenue stream from Jump Street when a client joins your gym, regardless of the size of your gym or demographics. I'm going to teach you the play-by-play sales training that I've used to get hundreds of my gym owners to an 80% closing ratio and how to keep the PT revenue a part of your culture with a hybrid membership. I'm also bringing Joe Tabaldi, the branding and marketing guru who helped take me from CrossFit Southend to Urban Movement when I rebranded. He's going to demystify using Facebook for creating content and engagement campaigns that will give you the local branding you need to grow your gym so you're not at the mercy of six-week challenges for the rest of your life. You listen to my content, now come meet me in person and let me help you grow an actual business, not just a gym. More info is at wtfgymtalk.com backslash spring training or hit me up on Facebook and Instagram at wtfgymtalk. Now enjoy the podcast. Fucking A. So today... Lily's sitting here with Joe Tabaldi in the office. Um, not a real structured podcast. We're literally just going to think we're just going to sit here and shoot the shit. Um, I'm literally going to pretend like you guys are not even listening. Like I have zero interest in giving anyone any value. I'm just trying to steal time that I don't have to pay for with Joe. That's essentially what this is. <laughs> Me trying to hack and not pay for any of Joe's services by inviting him on the podcast and then just asking him things in relationship to my business. That's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. But anyway, guys, this is uh, Joe Tabaldi. Joe is... My marketing and branding coach, um, turn, he was a client first, right? Well, fuck it. You just tell them who you are and what it is you do and all that good shit. Well, yeah. I mean, when I first moved up to Charlotte, I found CrossFit South End and joined there. Um, what is that again? I don't know what that is. What is CrossFit <laughs> South End? It's a past. It's, it's, like, it's like bringing up an ex-girlfriend. God, yeah. You get really nervous God. about it. But, uh, That's slut. Yeah, and I remember seeing what the fuck Jim talking. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then I clicked on your Facebook page, clicked on check out the website, and there wasn't one. And I'm like, oh, here's an opportunity. (laughs) So I went up and I talked to you about it. This was, I don't even know if you remember this. This was like when I first started the gym. And I was like, hey, are you ever going to have a website for this? Because I kind of do this and this would be kind of cool. Like, ah, I don't think I really need one. I was like, oh, okay. And then I left that I'm going to go fuck myself. So, And in my head, I'm like, oh, he just doesn't know me yet. So we're going to have to figure that part out. So, um... I sat back and then two months later, you posted an Instagram picture of you working on the website on like Squarespace or it was, Weebly or some it, shit. I, I have respect. It was Wix. Okay. Wix. Was okay. Wix. My bad. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> and uh, then I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's definitely me then. For any of you guys have a Wix page, we're not making fun of you. You're just broke. Yeah. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> so uh, then a couple months later, um, we kind of formed more of a relationship talking about this kind of stuff more candidly. And... Uh, yeah, I guess it all spawned from there. Yeah. And we just kind of kind of rolled with it. Yeah. So, and then the evolution of that whole thing for me was we would get together and jam and the conversation was always, it generally was me talking something about the gym, business focus, kind of a, like a hyper topic. And somehow we would get, we would go places in that conversation that A, I had never maybe had that kind of conversation before with anybody, maybe inside my own head while I take a shower, I'm driving and I thought about some of this stuff, but actually like it's, it's one thing I think when you own a business and 
Joe owns a business, so he has this with himself. What, I, I wonder what the fuck that's like when you have conversations with your own head. Oh, it's impossible. Jesus. I had a website and marketing business. I didn't have a website or marketing plan for yeah. the first six months. That's Anyway, so like it was the first time that I having that conversation where I felt like I would, instead of speaking it out loud and just having to live with my own voice, I really felt like I was speaking it out loud. And then there was... Like it's like someone volleyed the ball back, and then with something tangible that I could grab, and then be like, "Oh fuck, yeah, that's a great fucking idea." That yes, that exactly makes sense, and that's that was kind of for me. I I've always I've always thought a lot of the stuff that we talk about, or he's I I touch the atmosphere of where I wanted to go with it, and I you were just always able to, in my opinion. Um, you ever have someone you look up at the stars and they're like, "Oh, look at that!" There's like the little dipper, and then you look at it, you're like, "What the fuck? I don't see anything. I see a bunch of stars." Like that's what it was for you. But I think that's what got me to talk about it in the first place with you because I looked at what you were doing and I'm like, oh, it's so raw. Yeah. Like, there's just so much good content here, but the distribution wasn't the way I saw it kind of panning out. Now it's also a heavy YouTuber at the time. Yeah. I was really into how to organically create YouTube channels and that's when all the big names on YouTube were really kind of gaining traction and subscribers and I'm like – man, if he distributed this right, if he just put a little polish here and a little thing here, like the content was so, it was over, over, overwhelming with content. Yeah. And I think that's what sparred so many of our conversations because you'd start by saying, this is what I'm going to talk about. And then I'd think about how other people could see that. Sure. I think the biggest revelation we had early on was that it wasn't just for CrossFit gym owners. Sure. And that was when I think I saw that light bulb go off and you're like, Oh, well, I was when I honestly, when I first saw your shit, I actually didn't think that it was for CrossFit gyms. I thought it was kind of almost trolling CrossFit gyms. And I'm like, oh, look at this. He's kind of making fun of CrossFit at the same time. He's teaching business coaches to something that maybe people weren't looking at it. They were looking at it as like a, just a hobby that I get paid to do. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, there's an opportunity there for growth. So for any of you guys um, paying attention, you're listening to the pre-rolls. You haven't been hitting your fast-forward 15-second button on any of these podcasts. <laughs> um, I'm going to start sneaking them in into the middle of the podcast. Uh, Joe is going to be the other presenter coming with me in June to spring training. Um, Joe, and number one, we when I when I asked Joe to do this with me, his number was that I do not want or think I could talk for six, eight hours straight. <laughs> We've been experiencing the the limits of my voice and I my last walk the walk. I literally lost my voice on one of the last walk the walks here. It, we'd already been done. We had my part was over actually teaching people. We were out drinking and hanging out that night, and I literally lost my voice at the bar. I was like, holy fuck, I need to I need to start revamping my uh my concept that I can just sit there and jam and talk for eight hours straight. So got to bring someone in to split this up, but then I couldn't think of anyone better on that topic. And I, th I think this is a hot topic for a lot of gyms. It's just the idea of rebranding is a sexy thing. I think it's just the idea of it. I think Kalipa made it very popular when he did his, and he's obviously like the Mecca of multiple locations, multiple countries, and now playing in the whole hotel space, playing into opening up his thing inside of the Bay Club and things like that. And um, so I, I think the rebranding thing and obviously what we've done with Urban Movement or doing, you know, as we're still under construction with that is, I think it's a really, I think it's a really cool topic. I also think it's one of those things you could take more away from than just your specific use case. So I think when you say like hotels and other things that they're like, there's a lot of repeatable tasks that happen in a rebranding. So regardless of whether you're a gym owner or any small business owner, you're going to be attacking a lot of the same issues. So when we first talked about it, I'm like, okay, well, is everybody rebranding? It's like, no, but I think there's two groups of people now. They're either rebranding because deciding to take kind of more ownership of the future of it, 
or doubling down and saying like, no, I'm the best at this and I just want to be good. And they're both going to hear things that are like, well, this actually makes sense regardless of whether I stay the same or totally different because it's, this is building a brand 101. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of gyms, especially as they grow, they realize they have a good product. But like they say, like if you have a great product and no one knows about it, is it really that great? Sure. So like if a tree falls in the woods and kills a mime, does anyone know? I was thinking about that. Yeah, it's I'm like, it's the mime one, right? Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> the mime one that dies in the fucking woods. Um, <laughs> and so again, and that's, I talk about it. Um, one of my new clients, uh, CrossFit Grandview, um, I've never been to their facility. Very impressive business that they've created there. And they are unapologetically CrossFit unapologetically like they there is no if he came to me and was like I will pay you X amount of money to help me rebrand I would tell him shut the fuck up no you have destroyed it because you've owned what it is you are right I think there's a lot of CrossFit gyms and again even you know we joked around about it like kind of with me when I was doing it in the beginning kind of being half pregnant and having a hard time letting go of what you've known can't what be is, half pregnant yeah can't be half pregnant um, what you've known what's gotten you popular and successful and all that other stuff. And there, I think there is a huge, huge opportunity to just doubling down on being the best CrossFit gym in the area. I truly do believe that. Yeah. And I think the reason that we're seeing this kind of phase or what people are going through is that CrossFit as a brand its own is in a maturity stage, right? Now they're in more of like a slower maintenance, right? Like they can't make drastic changes like they could in the first 10 years, right? And like that 2000, 2010, before it was huge on ESPN, before all these other people had eyeballs on it, um, they had a lot of flexibility. They could have pivoted. Now they're at a maturity stage where, not to say that they're not going to evolve, but that evolution is going to be slower. So as a gym owner, it's like, well, I could either stick with this path, which is going to be pretty much the same over the next 10, 15, 20 years. I don't think CrossFit's going anywhere, by the way. No way do I think it's going anywhere. But I also think it's an anomaly because it's a brand around fitness and it created this whole micro gym market where, you know, 10 years ago, you were either going to a Globo gym, you had a personal trainer or you're doing sports specific training. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. There's always like the Olympic lifting gyms and the gyms that are kind of one-offs that are the strength focused gyms that have the crazy stuff in there. But for the most part, the micro gym didn't really exist like it does today where people are paying $200 a month to hit a bag or to do jump rope classes or whatever it is that's big in your market. Yeah. And now that CrossFit's at the stage, you have the choice. There's no reason to jump away from CrossFit just because you don't think that you're good at it. It's like, well, this is the brand. This is where it's going. It's very obvious now, but this is what I can be. And do I want to take the tried and true stuff or do I want to kind of make my own thing? Do you think there's, uh, it's a flaw or maybe by, by design or by just because of the organic grassroots of it, they weren't thinking this? Having CrossFit just simultaneously, simultaneously, be synonymous with a worldwide global sport and a fitness methodology for Sally. Do you think that, what are your thoughts on that? I think it had to be. I think it had to grow the way it did because it is a brand, right? Like you can have tons of in-depth conversations and I'm not going to pretend to be a fitness expert to know what like the different energy systems and all this kind of stuff are that make CrossFit so unique. What I do know is that 90% of the movements that I see are in other, they are existent, right? They didn't create the movement. They just paired them in a way that was different from before, which means you're more of a brand than you are this new style of actually exercising. So at that point, you have to say, well, the only way for a brand to exist is to not have much competition. So you have to have a viral approach. You have to get into as many people and on the front of people's brains as possible. 
So they didn't really have a choice to stay small because stay small, if someone saw it and was like, this is great, they create XFIT and now XFIT becomes the global brand yeah. that does all those same things because there's nothing proprietary about it. Sure. Um, it's just the way that it was put together. So they, they had to go for a viral play, which is why I think they created the games. Sure. They needed that because they were like, well, the P90X method, sell DVDs, put them in everybody's houses, and let's see. That was a, one way of doing it. And they decided to go the way of like, let's create a competition that gets a bunch of viewership, gets a bunch of eyeballs. I don't think that play was for the revenue stream. It was like, let's get it in front of as many people as possible because now more people will talk about it. And they'll say, can I do this at home? So it didn't really matter if it even matched one-to-one. Like even if the movements of the games were a little bit different, it doesn't really matter as much as CrossFit being a name that comes out of everybody's mouth Sure. until people actually could define what it was. And then, so then that leads to, do you think the next biggest vulnerability then is, so there was a, someone posted up on one of the CrossFit affiliate owners groups today. And I wonder if I still have it. Anyway, a local newspaper, a publication uh, was talking about all the different CrossFits in the city and listed a bunch of gyms that are just, and they're not all CrossFit. So this guy pays his $3,000 a year to CrossFit. He's pissed off. He's like, well, what the fuck? And I was like, what you're seeing there is a perfect avatar of what the actual market probably like looks at. They see any gym that has a pull-up rig and some kettlebells and barbells and a rower. Oh, that's got, that's a CrossFit gym. Now only gym owners are going to get butthurt by that global association of anybody with that kind of equipment is a CrossFit gym and all that other stuff. Do you see if CrossFit had to do that and grow organically like that, are CrossFit affiliates and owners the not the losers in that situation, but are they the ones that are having to deal with the brand confusion at the at the micro level? Sure. Well, what happens is right now, so if you walk into a gym and it's got a basketball court, you say, oh, look, it's got basketball, right? You don't say, oh, look, it's got the NBA. Yeah. CrossFit doesn't have that. CrossFit is both the noun of what that kind of activity is and the brand. So when you walk in and you see an area of Gold's Gym, which they all have them now, right? You go and you see the crazy rigs and you see the Olympic lifting and you're like, oh, look, they have a CrossFit area. Now, Gold's Gym is never going to pay for CrossFit. They're just going to say whatever they want and people will understand it. But it's both a blessing and a curse because people still call it a CrossFit area. I think what CrossFit's done a good job of is the culture of it, right? And this this community culture that they they've evolved makes people want to be in a CrossFit gym versus doing CrossFit in a Globo gym. Sure. So I think that that'll be kind of where they evolve to more is like doubling down on the branding of it. And you see it even this year, you know, more people doing the open every year, even though there could possibly be less gyms that actually participate in it, but more people want to do it because it's a part of a culture sure. movement than it is as much of the training methodology. I literally got a message today. Our photographer, Vivanco, Right, Vivanco hits me up. He's like, hey, man, I got a couple guys I've been shooting guns with. They've been doing the Murph every year on Memorial Day for five years, but they've never done it inside of an, an actual legit gym. Could they come by? And I like, of course, I was like, of course. But the thing to me, just like I had this before I sent, like replied, the text was just, I just kept thinking of what that person looks like. What are they doing? And how many people, like the Murph, right? And again, like, the movie with uh, Bradley Cooper and the whole deal and the, the or Mark Wahlberg, whoever the fuck was in that movie. Oh yeah. Um, uh, it was lit- you know, it's that's an iconic workout now that is synonymous with CrossFit. Like that is a workout that there are people that have never paid to go to a CrossFit gym in their entire life that will go and run a mile and do a hundred pull-ups, two hundred push-ups, three hundred squats, and run another mile, and that's like. But they do CrossFit. It's it's crazy how much we talked about this even when the rebranding with Urban Movement, how 
piece of equipment are iconically CrossFit now. You can't get away from it. Yeah. That's why I have to get rid of the fucking rig. The rings. Yeah. The- you see rings nowadays, which is crazy to think about. The rings have been around forever. But if you walk into a gym that has rings hanging from the ceiling, you're like, oh, look, people are doing muscle. Like, that must be CrossFit stuff. Yeah. And it, it's just, it, it's absolutely, it's amazing, especially coming from the early stages of it where you had to explain what it was. Oh, yeah. And I, I honestly think that was harder. I like so I we I get in arguments with this with people all the time. Was it harder for me back in 06 trying to explain what it is to um, ten different people, or is it harder now trying to unexplain what it is to ten different so people? So this is like when you're talking about that, that is one of the biggest things in marketing is talking about re-education and reformatting people's brains versus just going from a blank slate. And they both have their pros and cons, right? Like if someone comes in and they're like girls say this all the time. I hear it when I used to work at the CrossFit gym back in Columbia and someone, I don't want to get too big. And you're not, you're not going to get too big. Like, let me show you why there's no way that you're going to get too big. Cause this is the kind of stuff. And, but they have that association. So you now have to kind of backtrack, sure. get them back to a ground zero, yeah. but they're interested enough that they ask the question, right? Like they're still in your gym. They're still yeah. asking that question. So that's the pro. The pro is that something about this culture or this training methodology got them in the door. And it's your job to just, you know, roll back some of the tough stuff to get to what they want um, versus, let's say, um, them never hearing of it. Or like when I started in 09 and it was introduced as like as part of our baseball training program and I didn't know what was going on. And they're just like, hey, this is what we're going to do today. We're going to do a bunch of bar muscle ups and we're going to do handstand push ups. I'm like, what is any of this stuff? And it took about a month for me to be like, oh, wow, this is actually a pretty good way to do it yeah yeah it's the it's almost like for any of the gym owners listening or coaches or trainers or pt or any of you guys it's way easier for you to teach somebody who's never squatted before how to squat versus someone coming to you who's had a coach who taught them some dog shit method you know on how to squat and now you're having to break that whole yeah, thing and for all you developers out there because i gotta be a bunch of you guys <laughs> listen to this right it's the same concept of like taking a developer that's 15 years so now he's a senior dev but they have their ways of doing it. They have their ways of writing lines of co- And you want to get that guy fresh out of college that has an, a completely malleable brain. You're like, oh, I'm going to take you and create out of you what I want you to be. And it's, it, so let me ask you this then. If, let's say the reality though is re-education. That's honestly the reality right now, right? There's no, like that guy um, that was complaining about, you know, the, the paper, the, the digital publication that posts all these CrossFit gyms. He said he reached out to them and tried to explain to them the error of the ways. Well, the gyms you listed were not actually CrossFit gyms. They were other gyms. And this, this, you know, whoever the editor is, is like, fuck off. I don't care. I've got another zillion jobs to do. Um, I'm not going to retract the statement, right. but whatever. But if that's the reality situation and gym owners have to re-educate, what is the best in marketing? What is the best approach to re-educate the market? Well, so it really depends on what, well, so if you're sticking with doubling down on CrossFit, a lot of that is out of your hands um, because they're going to dictate, right? They're going to put out the information. They're going to put out the marketing material for you. So you can kind of buddy up with that. Um, And then it becomes a hand-to-hand combat. People walking in your door, having one preconceived notion. And again, you can put the information to mimic what's out there on your website. You can put it on your Facebook page, but people are just still going to have questions because it, it's controversial with what they've heard, right? Someone comes out and says, oh, they hurt themselves doing CrossFit. This is the headlines, right? Like here are the three headlines. It's a sport that you see on ESPN. It's people getting hurt and it's some people that look really jacked. So there are your three things. Now you have those to deal with when someone walks in your door, but they're walking in your door. 
Where the opposite is, you sit there and you're like, okay, how do I educate people on this new topic? Well, the first way to do it is to continue to pump out content about it. So if you're a writer, you write about it. If you're a podcaster, you podcast about it. And if not, just talk to the people around you in your gym. It's so important from a branding perspective to have everybody on your team and your staff on the same page so that when someone walks in your door and says, hey, I think this, what do you think? They're starting from the same it's the same message that you're getting from their website, from their Facebook, consistency across everything. I think where that stops in a lot of gyms today is the people, right? If I go up and ask a coach one question and hear different on the website and hear different on the Facebook page, now you have market confusion. Sure. So it's really making sure that at least starting from somewhere where the root of the argument or the root of the answer is the same across all platforms. What would you, um, so Joe flew out with me to Iron and Mortar out in Seattle, technically not Seattle. Where the fuck were we? I don't even know. It was in the woods. There was like nature and shit. There was yeah, a lot. It was of like really... a forty-minute drive out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. Um, but it, it was cool. Um, I'm doing that again in October, going back out for their second uh, version of that. And when we were out there, and I know, like, fucking with me is like that. You you obviously get and with what the fuck Jim Talk and her movement, you get a good feel for the whole thing. What do you think was the biggest takeaway? that you took away from that conference and kind of just hearing people talk, getting to inter, you know, just kind of network with people that were gym owners there. What did you see was the biggest issue amongst the micro gyms there? Whew. From it's a, a marketing very, standpoint? Or? Yeah. I mean, if you're from a business or just anyone from just on the outside looking in, right? Like you were there, you were observing, you were hearing what people were talking about, their woes, their, the things they're nailing and they think they're killing, the things that they, the things they need to work on. Sure. What, what's kind of your opinion? If someone just came up like, yeah, you fuck with the micro gym sex sector a little bit. What, what's that look like? So I think, I think a lot of the people that um, start micro gyms, they have a passion um, and they know the things that they're good at but they're not necessarily kind of looking at the greater landscape of like, okay, what could I be doing to make myself better or what could I be doing to help the business? So let me kind of break that down. I look at it like this. If I open up a gym and I'm getting going the first six months, it's always the most exciting when it first starts, right? There's a lot more work to do, but there's these minor accomplishments that happen every day that you're like, oh, wow, we got this, this new member or we got like this new class. dating classic. a new chick. Yep. You get all these little exciting moments at the beginning and then you're six months in and you're a year in, you're a year and a half in and you're like, okay, I'm not really growing or evolving. So you start to try to find out things that other people are doing. And this is where I feel like there's a major disconnect. Um, you find out what somebody else is doing. You're taking somebody else's process. You're taking somebody else's marketing automation campaigns. You're taking somebody else's newsletter and you're like, oh, I'm just going to plug that in. Oh, wow. He got six rowers. I'm going to get six rowers. And what happens is you have a disconnect between what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I think like, so I always talk about with marketing automation is a very hot topic. People talk about it all the time in all different business settings. And what I try to advise on is you don't automate processes that don't already exist in your gym. So what I see is like, oh, we're going to take this campaign approach because everyone's using Facebook advertising, right? It's like everyone's talking about these new ways to get a hundred leads into your gym. And I'm going to use this same approach that somebody else used. And I'm, why isn't it working for me? And it's like, well, maybe they had different resources. Maybe they had, you know, a videographer that was able to create the best creative for their ads. And that's what drove it. And they're like just plugging and playing with pre-made concepts when um, the long-term advantage to that doesn't really exist because you don't really know why any of this happening is happening, right? When if you start it from your own sector and you're like, okay, I'm going to try this concept. And if it doesn't work, you now learned all the reasons that it didn't work. So automatically your next guess, your next estimate is going to be a little bit more accurate. 
And over time, you build up the knowledge. Like I always thought it was so impressive with you that you went out and you, you'll try everything once. You'll try every app, everything that comes out, and you're like, okay, what did I like about what I didn't like about it? And now that just makes you a more informed consumer for the next thing. Yeah. And I think that that's what I took away from that conference is like I was sitting there and I'd hear people be like, well, I'm doing this. I'm doing Facebook advertising. It's like, are you doing Facebook advertising or did you put up an ad? Yeah. Because those two very different things, sure. right? Like when I hear someone say like, oh, I do SEO and I'm like, oh, you do SEO? Like, I, I don't know exactly what that means to you because this is what it means to me and this is what it means to some other people in the industry and someone saying that you're paying $100 a month to do SEO. It's like, well, what kind of SEO are you doing and what, how is that impacting your business? Because it doesn't have to have even a specific numerical ROI, but if you don't understand the, Im the global impact, then you're just kind of throwing money out there and hoping that something works. And if it does work, you won't know how to repeat it. Yeah. And that's like, I think that that's like a major downfall. God, so... It's building a foundation that you it's can then repeat It's building a foundation. And, I, and again, I, I would agree 100,000%. It's, you know, I chew people out in these, if I have the minute, if I have the minute to do so, I will give someone a wrath of shit when I see a post of one of these CrossFit affiliate owners groups goes, hey, does anyone have a handbook they'd be willing to share? <laughs> like an employee handbook. Or does anyone have... Um, uh, their membership agreement. They'd be again something like now we're talking about legality and money and things like that. And I'm just like you lazy fuck. Like and then it's always the well I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. I'm like motherfucker, it's your wheel. Right. And and here's the thing is and I know it's not just the CrossFit affiliate market. There's a lot of people. Just anyone who's open to gym and even small businesses. Small business owners. Yeah. yeah. Small business owners who have gone ahead and they were a consumer of a thing. They liked it, but they thought they saw, and I think a lot of people do easy math. They think there's a bigger financial upside than what there really is in the hard work. Get into it, and now it's like, okay, I'm here. I've got one, I've got one party trick. I can coach an amazing class. I can make a really good cup of coffee and a nice conversation. I can, you know, I have great floral arrangements. However, I don't know how to market. I can't hire and fire. I have no clue how to set up a sales projection. I have no clue how to do this, that, or the other thing. QuickBooks, what? Like, and in, and now it's okay. How did you do it? And then, and how did you do it? And instead of like the nice thing about when you start off a small business, um, brick and mortar, the learning curve has to be faster because your expenses are higher. But like for what the fuck, I've never created a consulting firm, a consulting business, or a handle. I've never done it. The learning curve was not steep though because it was me clients and a very low expense, my time and energy, right? Like again, like the, the, I was able to fuck up and I'm, able, and I'm continuing today. We'll fuck up and learn and fuck up and learn. And the whole idea is to fuck up less over time. Correct. And I think that that's the difference, right? Yeah. Like someone starts something and they're like, okay, I'm going to try this Facebook advertising and oh, I tried it and it didn't work. Yep. And when I hear it didn't work, well, that could mean anything. Sure. That could mean that it got you 50% of your goal. It got you 0% of your yeah. goal. It only got you 10 when you were looking for 20. Yeah. Like there's so many different ranges. And I think over time, the idea is just to fuck up less. Sure. And if you're just using plug and play solutions. Now, that's not to say that there aren't plug and play solutions that work if you're looking for a quick fix, a bandaid. But for a long-term strategy, you have to understand why. Yeah. And I think that uh, even getting into those kind of more um, bucketed solutions they're, they can work too yeah. if you know how to leverage them. So we're talking about like six-week challenges and things of that nature. Yeah, That's perfect. a great example, yeah. right? So you bring it in and some people it works phenomenally for and other people it doesn't. Yeah. And you find out that, oh, well, you're in a rural area that has 8,000 people in it, only 4,000 of you are interested in gym membership, right? Like the numbers don't match up. Sure. When someone that's in the middle of Charlotte or the middle of New York City is probably going to see a much different 
result yeah. because why wouldn't you? Yeah. And some of them, I think what's so funny about marketing, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, marketing, when you say it, when you give the examples of the strategies and the things you should be thinking about, it's always like, obviously. But it's like, well, if it's so obvious, why didn't you think of it? Sure. But it's because you don't know what you don't know. I feel un unbelievable empathy for people that are trying to just get started with it because there's a lot of what you don't know. And then you hear it once and you're like, oh, well, of course, why didn't I think of that? And it seems so obvious that you're like, what am I paying this guy for? It's like, yeah. well, you're paying me to not have to think about it yeah. so that I could tell you and then you go, oh, well, I just saved you 16 hours that I spent researching trying to figure out what the best way to re do that thing is, right? So I just think that that, like you're saying, it's like you, you see these solutions and you're like, can this really work for me? Yeah. Do I have the talent to plug in the X factor? Like for you, if you were a shitty speaker, you'd probably be a pretty bad consultant. Yeah. Right? Like if, if you didn't put together videos that people, that had content that was interesting, you wouldn't succeed. Yeah. So someone came to me and was like, well, listen, I just want you to build for me what, what the fuck has. I'd be like, okay, well, first you need to be good. Are you good? Yeah. Oh, you're not good at delivering content? Then you're probably not the best advocate for this, right? Like, then it's going to cost you $10,000 to build this up because you need to make up for all these assets that you don't have. Yeah. Um, so being able to do a real audit on yourself and what your resources are, especially as a small business owner, you have to leverage everything that you can do everything that you're good at. I started a company and I was like, well, I know how to do web design. So that saved me on a developer. So someone's like, do you suppose you should use this service or this service? I was like, I use neither because this is something I can do, but I'm not going to fuck with accounting. I don't know what I'm doing over there. So I'm going to get an accountant for that. And I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with this. So, and then you plug in the people, but you have to leverage what you're good at first and hone that in and then just start kind of building the other pieces that you don't have around you. Yeah. I think, and again, most of, like again, whether you're selling coffee, you're a florist, you're a gym owner, you're sitting behind a screen and selling SaaS products or whatever the hell it may be, it's that first thing that like drew you to it is going to be the thing you're probably the best at. Like, yep. if I love coaching, I'm going to open a gym. Cool. Just realize when you said you loved coaching, the second you then said, I'm going to open a gym, you just inherited nine other jobs you're probably A, not good at, B, you don't want to do, and C, to be 100% honest, you might not even have any business touching or doing. I've got a couple of my clients are, um, what's the right word? I've already used a polarizing term. Let's stick with, let's stick with polarizing uh, words today. <laughs> retarded. They're retarded <laughs> with technology. They're just not fucking good with it. Like literally to the point where I'm just like, it's 2018. How do you not know how to take this video and just upload it to me so I can see what the inside of the layout of your gym is? And like, right. it's getting all fucked up. And like, here's a Google Drive. Like, what's Google Drive? I'm like, Jesus, how are you even alive? Like, how do you, <laughs> how do you function in this world? But again, going back to that, having the empathy to realize this individual, I'm talking to not only the CEO, but the head coach. And unfortunately, right now, he's also the head media guy. And it's, and again, he realizes he's not good at the media thing. I realize that. And it's not that, you know, and I bust balls, but it's, you know, it's unfortunately that's the hat he or she has to wear until they're able to outsource that. And I, and I honestly, I think for a lot of us, the outsourcing for that stuff is way closer to us than we think. Sure. Staff dev is one of the biggest, like people are like, where do I find these individuals? I'm like, great. How many moms and dads work out of your gym? They're like, I got 30. Cool. They got kids. I guarantee you a fucking kid is better than half some of my guys that are doing their social, right? Oh, like yeah. literally you give it to a 16 year old and he'd be like, what do you mean you don't know how to use fucking Instagram store? This is a boomerang idiot. Right. Like, <laughs> that kind of like they would just school you in it and you tell them it's closer than a lot of them think. But for the guy that has got to wear a lot of the hats, 
there, that is where you, I'm sorry, but you decided to open a business. You maybe have to miss your son's t-ball game or go and watch. You're just not really paying attention because you're taking a Facebook blueprints course on how to actually create an A and B test. Yeah. Right. How to, how to do that. And I also think that, you know, you bring up people that don't know anything about it. And I always say that there, to me, there is one that's a little bit worse than that. And that's the person who thinks they know everything about it. Yeah. That's the scariest shit. Like if you know if you know fitness cold and you don't understand web design, the last thing I want to hear is you say, yeah, listen, I understand the whole SEO thing. It's like, do you? Yeah. Because that's like me coming to you and saying, I understand the whole energy system thing just because I heard someone say it once. Yeah. It's like, no, I just know that these are the things that would impact it. But there's a much broader term there. So it's like when I hear someone say, oh, yeah, I'm doing all that stuff right, but let's just get to this. This is the topic I'm specifically interested in. I'm like, well, how do I know? So sure, it's just like someone coming in and saying, listen, I know how to do all the Olympic lifts. I'm just trying to get better at it. Like, oh, what the fuck does that even mean? How sure. can I possibly start working with you? And there's actually a lot of synonymous things with doing any type of consulting and personal training, right? Someone comes in and says, hey, make me the perfect plan, but here's the thing. I still want to be Billy Domino's. I still love Oreos, and I'm never squatting. But yeah. go ahead. Do what yeah. you were going to do. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Why don't you tie my hands behind my back yeah. and tell me to sign my name? It's like, it's just not, I don't know how you expect me to do it. Yeah. And so I think that people come in with an open mind and say, listen, I don't know how to fucking attack Facebook advertising. I don't even really understand how to use Facebook. I haven't used it in like three or four years. Can we start from scratch? Can we start from the stuff that I need to know and then kind of work from there? I, and it always seems so, you know, you hear these, uh, oh, well, you just want to keep me coming back on calls. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to build a foundation because one day you're not going to want to call me. Yeah. Right? Like one day you're not going to want a quick band-aid. You're going to want to be stitched up. And you want to continue to live your life. And I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm bored of this shit, right? Like I had the same conversation over and over again. Yeah. If I can give you some of these tools that you like to teach a man to fish thing, but you need to be humble. You need yeah. to sit there and be like, this is not something I understand. Please give me these first three things that I could start trying to do and then work from there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a guy called, so literally, so if I get a ping or whatever through the website you know, for WTF, like initial consult, uh, biz dev call. I will, if I've got the time, I'll just look them up on Facebook and I'll use the Facebook Messenger, the phone app, like that has it. And most people haven't used it, so it kind of like surprises people. Right. What's this that Facebook's calling me and I answer it? <laughs> and so I'll get someone on the phone and it'll generally be a question based on a video or an inquiry to get on a call and just really quickly, hey, I had three minutes. I was walking my dog. He's taking a shit right now. So what's up? What can I answer real quick? And, you know, and it's always generally, like, okay, good. I'm so good. Yeah, I just want to get on one call because all I really just need to know is how to make my staff uh, want to be here more and work for me more and how can I make them some more money and then how can I get the staff to want to do the things I want them to do and I was I'm like oh cool well good because all we're going to need is an hour we'll be good like we <laughs> like <laughs> good thing actually you know what we probably don't even need the book to call I'll be good here while the dog takes a shit and it's essentially like there it, it's so this is a never ending thing right you will come up with this I literally have spent eight months working with someone on staff solutions and they wrote it out for like an additional maybe eight months and then something has changed in the business. A staff member quit, got fired or went somewhere else. They completely had an awakening of a moment. They're going to change the business structure, which requires a change in the org chart, right? And, and, and now things are completely different. 
it's not like it. It's not like when you're build, making a puzzle and you put the one piece that way. Like, oh, perfect, it fits there, good. And you just like now I just have to worry about all the other pieces. It's like doing a puzzle and then like your three year old comes by, pukes on it, punches the fucking table, pieces go fucking everywhere, and you can't fucking find out where the Dalmatian's hat is and you, whatever the hell it is. Like, it, that's what it's like. This is everyone's like oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna open the gym and it's you know, people are gonna come in. Okay, and then I just got to get some staff, and they're going to take care. And then I'm just going to get these systems in. It's constantly and evolving. It's like having a baby, and like, and this is speaking to me now because I've got an 11 month old, and she was on the call when you fucking call me today. Yeah. She's sitting in my lap. I just got done with a call, and it literally I'm having to get some work done. And right now I'm dealing with 11 month year old shit. And in like in literally, uh, yeah, like literally. And then in six months. I'll have that shit handled and it won't fucking matter because now I got all this old new shit I got to learn. And then yeah. she's going to be asking me about fucking boys and safe sex. And then at some point I'll be like, what the fuck? And like, <laughs> it's literally never going to fucking end until I die. One of my little favorite anecdotal stories about this is, so it's attributed to um, Einstein. I don't know if it's the truth or not, but he was a professor of marketing and he gave a- He was a marketing professor? Yeah. I didn't know that. And he get, you learn something new every day. I know. Um, and hopefully that's true because I'm going to get <laughs> fact checked on this. Um, and he gave out a test and it was a marketing final exam. And the next year he gave out the same final. And the TA comes up to him and says, you know, hey, I just looked at the, this is actually last year's final. And he goes, I know. All the questions are the same, but the answers are different. <laughs> And that stuck with me forever, and it was something I've yeah. you know, heard it in college, you know, in one of the marketing, and I'm like, this makes so much sense because marketing is evolving every day, sure. especially now with technology. It's unbelievably how much it changes, right? So you hear about something that somebody did even a year ago, and you're like, I tried the same thing. It doesn't work. It's like, yeah, well, that's because the whole landscape has changed. Yeah. Let me explain to you why this is the way. So you have to stay up to date with it just like you have to stay up to with the latest training methodologies and the latest yeah. supplements that, well, remember back in like the, I guess the 2000s or late 90s when it was like eggs were good for you one month and then they were bad for you and then they're good for you. It's like you don't know, yeah. but people are just learning as they go. And you sit back and you're like, okay, why can't I plug in this same, this same tactic got me 150 members when I opened, right? This, I went to Facebook and I put out an announcement and I got 100 new members out of it. Why doesn't that work anymore? It's yeah. like, well, the world has changed, yeah. right? Like the platform has evolved. You won't even get organic reach, right? Like it's just, what are yeah. you going to do now? How are you going to stay up to date with that? Alex Ramosi, when I had him on the podcast and I was asking him, how long do you think these six-week challenges, duration-based challenges are going to last before they, they just tire out of marketing? He goes, and he gave a really good answer. He goes, you know, Gold's Gym has been running the same marketing play one week free or $10, whatever. Like an LBO is always going to, those six week challenges, you know, six week challenge for free and then the sure. flip flop. And an LBO is always going to draw traffic in. It's, but if I'm Gold's Gym, do you think I've really invested the time, energy, and money into, no, that's just one play that works. It brings in X amount of people, but we've put in $20,000 into the new. CrossFit area or the whatever, yeah. or, you know, we have so, you know, the marketing and all that it's everything works. Sure. Right. Like I'm marketing, like, so that guy who was bitching about the, the publication listing, uh, all the CrossFit gyms. The first question I asked was, was this a digital or a paper publication? Like I was hoping he was going to say newspaper. I was like, well, who fucking cares? Cause no one's reading it, you <laughs> sure. know, but it was digital, but it's just one of those things where Everything works, even if it had been paper, right? Can you take out a paper at like that was, you know, for this event we had this past Saturday? That's the first time I have printed 
paper marketing collateral in probably four years. Yeah, but but I think this is a perfect example because if you remember when we had that conversation right before it happened, yeah. and you're like, okay, well, what, what should we have that day? We're talking about, real quick, I we had a brand new class, huge event over the weekend. Lululemon came out, and I wanted to have some marketing collateral so when people walked out, they had someone to hit something to hand them. We don't have fucking business cards in my business, and let alone fucking hand, hand out a bowl. It's a fucking word. Uh, marketing not. material. It's not a word. It is now. <laughs> and anyway, so that's what we're talking about just to cue you guys up. So go on. Yeah. So when you hear somebody like, oh, well, let's make sure we have this information readily available. We're going to hand them something that's going to tell them all about our classes, maybe our membership packages. What kinds of details and information do we want on this? And at the end of the day, it's like, hey, let's take it back to square one. People are going to walk into the gym and say, this is a nice looking gym. And then they're going to look around at the people. They're going to say, these are the type of people I want to work out with and be around. And 90% of the people that come in will make their decision on whether they want to stay or not based on the aesthetic and the people around them because that's what they want to feel. So if your gym was uglier, you'd have to do more work up front to make sure that that's now accounted for. And so it's like, does a handout work? Yeah, because if those, per if those people are taking a handout, they're interested. They're going to convert. And at that point, they're just going to take it, look at it, and then make the decision. And it's not going to make or break it, but it's definitely an important part to realize that like get into the heads of the people that are walking in. You're not going to get a membership solely based on handing out a piece of print material. Sure. But it could definitely aid in a, in a larger picture. So it's like, oh, so I should print out one of these every time. I, well, no. Yeah. This specific event made it sense, right? Like if 15,000 people were coming through, maybe not. Maybe a website would have made more sense. Maybe an iPad touch and screen where they're interacting with it would have made more sense. But you just have to take it. It's There is not normally a one-size-fits-all for everything that you want to do. Sure. It just doesn't make any sense. And it's for direct response marketing, direct response sales, which is what we're in in brick and mortar. Coming into the facility like is, is everything. That's why like I'm just punching everyone in the fucking face so hard on this whole aesthetics thing. Yeah. I do believe that having a dive bar is cool, and you can have a good – again, if you're unapologetically CrossFit and you ram that home and you fucking rock that out, good. You just have to stay true to it. You cannot then be kind of apologetically CrossFit with your non-barbell boot camp. Like you just can't yeah. like shit, you know, like um, – but, it, it, you know, with what you said is, you know, I think about – uh, what's what's a recent SaaS product or something like that about like like Scipio we were talking about right or even for Flex like your product sure. right and by the way Joe's wearing a Flex shirt Flex is Joe's company and when I referenced Joe's company at a conference the one in Seattle <laughs> I kept calling it the wrong name so the is that first, why you, the first time ever the first yeah. time it was ever announced to the public that there was this cool thing that for gymmers and platform and all and I called it the wrong thing so is that why you're wearing that shirt? Yeah. So I wouldn't fuck it's it up. It's constant marketing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay, so for Flex, Scipio, uh, Fitbot, any of these things where all I had to do was experience. Like I literally went in and I, I got my demo, aka walking into the gym, yep. and I got to walk around and experience it. And it's a product, so that's about as far as the experience goes. I didn't get to actually put it in a practical application. I didn't get to see whether Flex and uh, Fitbot were actually going to make me more money. It was the client experience. It was talking with you, and then you show me the platform. It was me talking with Casey and Robbie over at Fitbot, and them showing me the platform. Like, and the, my experience is what determined the purchasing. The people listening that have this gym, and they're like, again, CCP, community, uh, coaching, and programming. Those are the things they think they are selling and day trading on. And I'm like, you need to pull your head out of your ass. Those are things that will maybe keep somebody. Sure. Their retention tools. They're not a. They're not what are going to sell somebody. And I think selling is a, such a major topic with this because so obviously when I started Flex, it was like a huge thing where I'm like, I'm not a salesman. 
I don't I don't know how to sell something. I never took a class in it. I never had to sell I think something. You are. You're, you're, but yeah. then I realize it's like what what I think I am is more of just the idea that I can listen to somebody, understand their problems, and try to solve them. Yeah. And if the best salesmen are problem solvers, they they're good listeners. They're not these people that shove the yeah. the platform or yeah. the product or the See, service I love down your throat. Problem solver over consultant or it mentor. has to be right because you come so in and better. you listen to what they say and you say this is definitely their pain point. Okay, let me tell you how I, we could help with that. And I think the hardest part to do is to understand that sometimes it's not the right fit, right? The person that comes into your gym and says, I don't actually like using weights at all. That doesn't mean like, oh, I got to start a new class that doesn't have any weights in it. So this way this person feels comfortable because maybe they're just not your market. And understanding your customer avatar is super important because there will be outliers. We joke around all the time when we're talking about the marketing and branding of new classes and the evolution of testing out new concepts because I'm literally talking myself out of your gym. So yeah, I'm a member here, right? But like, I talk about these new class concepts and I'm like, it's funny for me because I know that I'm not gonna be the person that does those. And that's okay, because I'm I'm an outlier. I'm not your everyday gym goer, right? Like, so I think that's important for small business owners, definitely, but even, I guess, specifically gym owners to look at people and be like, you know what, this maybe isn't the right fit for you. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Because this is who we really serve and we want to make sure we nail that. Yeah. I mean, even so like to, to get, you know, behind the curtain with it, it's when I was going from, you know, we've been going through this transition away from the CrossFit South and thing to their movement thing. Who is that avatar person? And, you know, the words that we didn't want to be associated with are people who consider themselves athletes first, people who wanted to come in because they wanted the competitive aspect of it. Um, individuals who identified themselves necessarily as like a CrossFitter uh, first and foremost. My experience with this as, you know, 2005 to today is that individual is not the right, that individual has a shelf life. The hardcore CrossFitter, in my opinion, had a shelf life and they could evolve or not. Um, and it's my own, but maybe it could, everything's your own bias, but they will eventually sophisticate and evolve into a, a more broad fitness spectrum at some point, in my opinion, right? And, and in this market where we're at, I think that's definitely, you know, true for my market. But identifying that is super painful. It'd been way easier had I just opened up a second location called Urban Movement and just did it the <laughs> yeah. other way. Doing it this way, this is, I mean, it's a fuck, it's, it's well, been a Well, because you're doing both education and reformatting yeah. simultaneously because your current members, yeah. which you see the attrition on, are like, hey, what is this? Yeah. What are you, what are we getting into? Yeah. Now, the good news is that they're already here, so you have, but you have to spend the time making sure that they understand where you're going. Sure. So obviously, I can always draw a lot of, um, synonymous things with SaaS products and software because that's where my background is. But it's the same concept. Your customer base loves you. So it's like, okay, what can we do to make sure that they understand the vision? Because if tomorrow you just started calling yourself Urban Movement and didn't tell anybody, yeah. and then your coaches were not CrossFit coaches, and everyone's like, whoa, what just happened? I feel like I'm losing something, and no customer likes to feel like they're losing something. So it's like, well, this is the evolution of why we're doing it. It actually takes a more drawn-out explanation. It's going to take one-on-one client consultations. It's going to take people one-on-one from the coaches all the way down to the owners, all the way down to the other members to make that happen over time. But you have these new people that are coming in that you're like, hey, you're a clean slate. Yes, this may look like a CrossFit gym. Let me tell you the different things about this gym and what we are and yeah. what we're not. Not necessarily, we're not CrossFit. Let me tell you why. It's, this is what we are. Yeah. Does this seem like a fit for you? Because yeah. um, again, I think that we live, I think the more you get entrenched in it, the longer you've been in it, it's very hard to look outside the bubble and to think that, you know, 10 years ago when I, I guess, yeah, almost 10 years ago now when I did my first, 
you walk down the street and only 50% of people had ever even heard the word CrossFit. It made it cool. And one person out of 50 to 100 had tried it. Yeah. Now you walk down the street and you're probably looking at an 8 to 10 know what CrossFit is, have heard the name. Have they tried it? Maybe two or three. And it's like, okay, well, this is definitely changing over time because when I used to when I used to say I do this kind of CrossFit thing, they didn't judge me. They were intrigued. Yep. Now, not saying it's all bad judgment, but you're definitely being judged as yeah. soon as you say you do it. That doesn't mean that those people that have heard of it and haven't tried it know what it is. Yep. So here's your opportunity to get in there in between that and say, well, this is what it is here. Yeah. This is what this fitness looks like. And don't assume that everyone's like you, right? Yeah. Like my brother, who couldn't be more opposite from me. From a, Does like, he have he, hair? Huh? No. Yeah. Well, he does now. <laughs> Paid for it. Um, <laughs> because that's what happens when you sell software companies, which is... <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but I remember when he came to his first CrossFit class and he was like, you know, he doesn't really have much of an athletic background. Um, he did karate and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he did some biking, but group fitness was never a part of his life. Yeah. Team-based sports were never a part of his life. And when we walked into it, and I know you've joked about this in a couple of videos, but you know, when he walked into his first class and everyone was rooting to, I'll, I'll never forget, it was 50 wall balls to end it. And everyone, he was obviously the last one to finish and everyone's there rooting him on. And he turned to me after that class and said, I will never go back in that gym. I never want people looking at me when I'm working out. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean CrossFit is bad? No. No, it has nothing to do with that at all. Here's a personality type that was forced to do something uh, most likely against his own will by his brother. And now realize that this is not something that's right for him. But if that's your culture, you stick to your culture sure. because it's not worth it to gain that one new membership to mess up the people yeah. that are already there. Yeah. And I, I you know, identifying yourself kind of like one of the big things, you know, who are you instead of going to, I'm not this. Yeah. It needs to be more, I am this, right? Kind of scenario. Like, again, you're either apologetically CrossFit, which I definitely would say that we're more on the apologetically CrossFit side, right? And then there's the unapologetically. You can't be in the middle. You have to have to pick one yep. or the other. Because um, wishy-washy, like it's it's too hard. Once you say well to a person that comes in, like, so you guys are CrossFit gym? Well, you yep. lost them. Yep. That you're a CrossFit gym because yep. you can't. You don't have a good enough answer. Yep. Um, and again, leading with what you are versus what's, what you're, what you're not, not is makes always, it always yeah, hundred percent going to stick longer. hundred uh, percent. All right. So Joe is going to be at spring training with me June second and third. You guys, uh, if you've not been to the website, wtfgymtalk.com backslash spring training. Don't be a cheap fuck. Come and invest some time, energy, and money. Come hang out with me and Joe for two days. We'll be getting beers. Joe might not. Joe has crazy allergies. We'll probably have to get Joe tequila. <laughs> but um, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll be hanging out. I'm getting to meet you guys, talking to you about your businesses, things like that. Um, my plan is, again, kind of introducing this character of Joe, this person into it, doing a few more of these whenever me and Joe are sitting around bored and, uh, and just shooting the shit on this stuff and, and uh, creating a little more education around who Joe is, what he has to offer, and, and just putting out some, some quality conversations for you guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I will talk with you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Rock on.